Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And you're listening to I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. If you are a fan of the show, please like and follow us on iTunes and Spotify and review us. It'll help spread the word. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared or email us at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared at gmail.com. How's it going? It's morning. (laughs) (laughs) Is so not how you normally start that I am a bit taken aback? (laughs) I'm just so thrown off because it's morning time. It is. It's not even 10. It is. It's 10.06. We're actually six minutes behind. We were supposed to start at 10. Yeah, I know. Also, I apologize for how I sound. I'm all nasally because... These students keep coughing and sneezing. Straight into your mouth and eyeballs. Right into my face holes. All like <laughs> every hole in your face. <laughs> I know, and I'm just like, okay, well that happened. And just like baby wipe on my face. <laughs> You're like, should really keep my mouth closed. Right. <laughs> so uh yeah, but I mean I'm we're here. We're starting a little early because I'll explain in my what's new with you why we're ah, recording yes, so early. Yeah. So nice of you to titillate the audience. Yes, but we're here that. to talk about <laughs> Children of the Corn from 1984. I was one year old. I was two. Was, we were the cutest little, pair of little future horror fans. Sweet little baby. Yeah. So, um, but first, I guess, let's talk about what's been going on with me, I guess. No. I'm going first. Oh, it is yeah. you? Yeah, because I'm doing the synopsis. Oh, were you trying to like throw it to me to throw it to you? Yep. I did. I failed because I thought I was going drunk. <laughs> it's because I'm drunk. I'm always already drunk at 10 a.m. on a Sunday. Yeah. Well, this because this is when us Catholics are having our wine. Um, Meredith. Mimosa Sunday. What's new with you? Um. Okay, so our engineer is having his birthday early. His birthday is June 2nd, along with my best friend. They also and my sister-in-law. A, yeah, June 2nd birthdays. So it's a hot day. I guess so. Um, so he, But he doesn't want to celebrate on his actual birthday because uh, he's playing Diablo all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, so he is celebrating. He just doesn't want to share it with any of his friends. He's just celebrating <laughs> in his own way, which I get as a gamer. I'm like, sure, mm-hmm. yeah. live your life. If that's what you want to do, knock yourself out. I'm mm-hmm. not one of those like overbearing, like, you have to spend the day with me. Like, I'm like, no, live your life. You're like, because I don't want to spend my birthday with you. <laughs> sit, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, sit on your butt. Do we want. So that's what he wants to do. So he's celebrating a little early and we're having... Uh, Mexican food takeout for like 20 something people who are coming over. Including me. Including Katie, who made cupcakes. I did. um, I'm so predictable. Well, we all love that. Mm -hmm. So it it works. But, um, and then I also gifted him a nice, nice bed. Which is not here yet. (laughs) Yeah. So the frame is not here yet, but we had to do like a little bit of bed musical chairs. So my son has his old ass mattress finally taken out of his room i think it's like from college gross <laughs> it's so gross so you know he was doing upgrade he's a little boy who's like going into middle school he deserves yeah. some like back support of some kind not like we're gonna start seeing some gross spurts too here that too and he's like basically sleeping on a bag of straw <laughs> <where he was. laughs> 
He's like, I'm uncomfortable. I was like, is your straw not good enough for you? <laughs> You've got to plump it occasionally. Right. So Straw settles. I know. Everybody so, knows that. <laughs> um, so he has our old bed, and he's very excited and feels like a big kid. And then we have our mattress on the floor, like a bunch of hobos. From, mm-hmm. Not that hobos have mattresses on or the floor. Floors. But I just feel more like I'm in college again. So I regressed yeah. back in college with my mattress on the floor. Yeah. So, um, See, I had my mattress on, on the floor when I was still living at home in high school, but going to college actually meant I had a bed frame for the first time. Ooh, pickies yeah. up. <laughs> pickies up for Katie. Um, so that's it. And I also started a do- donors choose project for oh, my that. classroom because mm-hmm. as one knows in teaching in public school, let me, <laughs> let me, re- <laughs> let me make that pretty perfectly clear when you get a classroom and i'm switching classrooms again again yeah for the third year in a row you get your chairs and desks and that is it and everything maybe else. a dusty bookshelf right and um so teachers have to really hustle and spend their own money most of the time and get donations to make it like like a put an alphabet on the wall right or do like get like bins for your books or get books so, I mean, that's just bins how for it your is. books and, and books to put in your bins. And books to put in your bins. You can't have both. You either so, have books with no bins. Right. So I started a donors choose. Hopefully, it'll get funded for next year because I want to start like an audio center for Ooh. my students. So I also did that. It's exciting. Miss Shannon showing up for the kiddos. Yeah, I'm like, hey, get some books. It's some tax write off. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, that's it. But and getting ready for the end of the year so Mm -hmm. so what's new with you um well i I actually uh did some prep work for my what's new with me today by taking my relationship with meredith to a new level and showing her my ass before we began recording because as i'm not even upset about it (laughs) (laughs) you're like it was impressive i'm just Um, like concerned actually i mean i know i told you when we recorded last weekend but i can't remember if i mentioned it during my what's new with me because i know i was talking about the our last girl scout meeting um if i mentioned that i fell down the stairs uh during or at the end of last said girl scout meeting um and you know you said you fell down the stairs and then i was like are you challenging me because i fell up the stairs Ah, so i did mention it all right so our listeners already know Katie fell down the stairs last weekend. Our three listeners, who we could name by name. Yeah, they are tracking this, and so I need to give them an update. They're very concerned. I have a one Technicolor-ass cheek. It um, is quite crazy. It It looks like lava. It's it's huge, and it's mottled. It's um, smiley face shaped. It looks a little bit like the winky emoji. Um, And it's my, that one ass cheek is also now misshapen uh, because of the swelling that took place above the winky shape line. Um, I'm a little concerned for the future of my ass cheek. I'm not sure how the recovery is going to look when it's all said and done. What are the interventions going to look like? Yeah, I'm going to need like ass plastic surgery. Massage just for that butt cheek. Yeah, well, we do have Lorinda. Oh yeah, I, yeah we have true. a we have a good friend. Uh, I don't think she listens. I don't. Horror, she, she doesn't. Horror not, is not her thing. No, her so thing is not eating sugar. Right. She's just. She's so great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. But I'm not even saying that sarcastically. I love. I love her. Yeah. And, and she, she doesn't a masseuse, eat sugar. And I'm like, so. ah, you're so like better than me. <laughs> she massages <laughs> but everybody. She's not, like superior about it either. Yeah. She's like. 
you know, you should cut out sugar. I'm like, you know, I should, but thanks for caring. No, no, no. Bye bye. I know, caring about my health. <laughs> yeah, whenever she picks the book for book club, it's a, some nonfiction scientific thing about how sugar is killing humanity. And we're like, she's Great. not wrong. She's not wrong. And she keeps trying, bless her heart. I know. Um, I know. Anyway, I know. so yeah, maybe I'll get her to massage my ass. Yep. Um, she, she messaged me last week to say, like, do you want to come? Because I have a still a gift certificate to go for my my birthday, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I just have this gnarly cold, so I just be like on my face, draining dripping. through the hole in the, <laughs> I was like, in the table. <laughs> I think I'm good. I mean, maybe it could be helpful. <sighs> yeah, but I just be so anxious. It's like a gravity neti pot. No, I'd be so anxious about that. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be able to relax at all. <laughs> so I'm sorry about the. Yeah, but thanks. Yeah, uh, I'll keep I'll keep our listeners updated. I, I feel like this is going to last most of the summer. The the recovery of, of my butt cheek. <laughs> You'd be like, it's green, it's yellow. <laughs> yeah, I was I have it's like my phone is just full of pictures of my ass, and I'm I'm the kind of person that loves showing people bruises. And <laughs> Meredith is the first person, other than my husband, that I've actually shown this bruise to because it fully requires you know mooning. <laughs> What's funny is I just looked at the bruise. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, I didn't even take it to. You didn't check out my underwear? I didn't even take that into account, like, your butt. Yeah. So that's Yeah, how, the bruise is so horrifying. How, how, like, I was like, oh, my gosh. How, like, it was just my focus. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Maybe I will start showing it to more people. Um, my students, maybe. Because speaking of which, my the other thing that's new with me, obviously, is we have two more weeks of school. Woo! We have... Um, four days this coming week obviously because we have monday off for memorial day and then the following week we have one full day two half days and then one where it's just the goodbye ceremony basically um our classes definitely upped their game this past week with making poor behavior choices and making my life a living hell oh Um, my gosh and on top of all of that (laughs) is all the end of year boxes that you have to check which we actually as a school have to get done earlier than usual because we have a summer school program coming in and using our facility that we've never had before and they oh that's tricky yeah they load in their stuff the day after our last day so every Everything that normally, you know, we have a little bit of wiggle room or grace period, you know, to get done. It's like, no, it has to be done by the last day that the students are there. We don't even have a day after with no students to finish things up. That makes me think of last year when they're like, you're moving out. Oh, right. Because you had construction last summer. Yeah. And they're like, at three o'clock, it starts. And we're like, ah! Yeah, they're going to come in with the fire hoses to clear you out. (laughs) So we had to, like, be moving all of our stuff. It was was crazy. So, oh, I'm sorry. That's that's stressful for sure. But it's almost done. That's that's what's important. And I'm not going to worry about it today because today we're here to talk about a legendary movie. Children of the Corn. Children of the Corn. And Meredith is going to give us the recap. The recap. I'm going to put on my readers because our, our engineer... Uh, I was blow drying my hair as I do with my diffu- it looks my curl wonderful. diffuser. Yeah, because I got curly hair. Um, so I messaged him one handed. I was like, I just emailed you my notes, print it, and so he he made it. He printed it out. He's probably trying to conserve paper. But yeah, it's, that's uh, that's the smallest font I've ever seen. It's for ants. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm like I can barely read this. I have to get my glasses out. It's so serious. Yeah. Oh, but I look smart. Yeah, they're really cute glasses. I look cute. I got them at a, a three pack from Amazon for eight ninety nine. So nice. <laughs> I'm sure they're great. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they're not slowly destroying your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, okay. So the opening is um, there's 
fields and broken down cars. And there is a title card that says Gatlin, Nebraska, three years ago. We see parishioners leaving a church and we there is narration and it's a little boy named Job who is talking about the day it happened. He's like, this is about the day it happened. He mentioned that the other kids were in the field with Isaac, but he didn't really like Isaac. And then they went over to um, the diner after church to get some, get a little snack. Uh, his sister Sarah was not there that morning because of her fever. And you see her all thrashing about. And um, like, oh, that doesn't look like a normal fever. She's like, I have the fever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the only cure is more cowbell. <laughs> So there is a kind of a creepy little guy outside, um, a child, and it's uh, Isaac. And he is watching. Oh, wait, hold on. So Job is sitting there watching everyone drink coffee. And then um, everyone's just enjoying their after church lunch. Uh, and Isaac is just creepily looking into the diner window. Um, and Isaac then, in his like pilgrim posse. hat. It is pilgrim. Amishy pilgrim Yeah, hat. they call it like round crown, flat brimmed mm. black hat. Like the, you know, the, yeah. ki- the kind of hat that little boys wore in the 70s. Right. Um, <laughs> he just looks like, yeah, I mean, he's wearing like Amish garb, like something you would see typically in that community. I'm sorry if I'm offending, but that's usually, I think, the it, it was of out, out of place in this setting. Yeah, because everyone else is wearing like 80s clothes. Yeah, yeah. Or like, yeah, late 70s. So um, he just looked a little bit um, out of place and he has his like there's random teenagers lurking about including Malachi and Ooh. and he's Courtney kind of giving Gaines. yeah <laughs> they're kind of like giving each other a nod mm-hmm. uh, Isaac and these teenagers some real subtle like big exaggerate winky like wink like, like eh. um, so they are the teenagers start attacking the adults once they get the go ahead and many others are were being poisoned by the coffee. They're just becoming very ill. And as a viewer, you can also hear Job's mom. Um, she's attacked and killed because she was on the phone with Job's dad. And suddenly she's like, what's going on? Whoa! Like that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's So she's attacked and killed. And um, so then there's like the opening title and, and uh, you know, like everyone who's in the movie. I forget what it's called. The opening credits. That's it. So <laughs> sorry, I'm on Sudafed. Um <laughs> <laughs> so we see just so many creepy drawings, I called them, by Sarah that are showing up um, as the uh, opening credits are showing. And they just kind of show the events that occurred next after that of initial right. attack. And yeah, this is our exposition. Mm-hmm. So there's more um, depictions of killing adults, throwing away technology, and children living their best lives without adults. <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then Creepy Isaac is at the helm of leadership. Um, so cut to present day, and we see two young adults in a motel room, Bert and Vicky, uh, who's played by Linda Hamilton. I love her so much. She she can do no wrong. She's amazing. And actually, uh, not to interrupt, but I, something that I read was that there are actually four... Um, actors from Terminator 2 that all were in um, Stephen King movies at some point. Oh, we didn't like She was that. in one, um, Edward Furlong, I can't remember which one he was in, Schwarzenegger was in Running Man, mm-hmm. um, and then, and I should have written it down, but there's a fourth one, but I was like, because like, oh. everybody knows Linda Hamilton from Terminator yeah. 2, yeah, well, yeah. from Terminator overall, Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was like, a, and that's, you know, there's She's so many like Stephen badass, King movies. Badass, yes, of course, there's just like... 
so many things that they could like any anyone from any franchise could probably be exactly in, like, exactly it's crossovers. not like there's only three and this is really remarkable yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like no there's hundreds no it's there's fine. like just a few um <laughs> so the, and then uh, the guy who plays Bert, I only know him from like 30 something. Yeah, which I, he, I yeah. never saw that. And so I didn't have any context for him other than this movie. Right. I mean, and I, I watched that when I was like, probably what the age that I watched this. Oh, Children yeah. Of the naturally, court. naturally. Um, so she gives him a gift now that he is an MD and uh, it's a lighter and she sings pantless to him and like about no more studying (laughs) (laughs) what every guy wants for his birthday and he's like i love it um so then they're all they're on a road trip headed to his new job and so they leave hit the road uh and then they enter nebraska while they're on their road trip there's a sign meanwhile in gatlin job explains that joseph is um planning to run away and he's has to escape through the corn and um job and sarah are scared and they say that but Joseph is like, it's the only way out. They're like, he who walks behind the rose is back there. And he's like, he's going to get you. He's, he's going to get you. Um, and they're, he's like, you know, you better shut your mouth. Don't tell on me. You're going to burn in a lake of fire if you yeah. tell on me. And Some, then, you know, just good Old Testament threats that children yeah. tend to use with one another. Yeah. You're going to burn a lake of fire. See ya. And then he ran off. Um, so he just runs away and they... You know, you're kind of not really sure how that goes. So on the road, Bert and Vicky are driving. They're listening mockingly to a televangelist screaming more about fire and brimstone stuff. Um, no and, room! I know. no room for the fornicators! Which kind of reminded me of Dawn of the Dead a little bit. Yes. Like, you know, once there's no more, more room in hell. Okay. So then there's a sign that says, Gatlin, seven miles. Ruh, ruh. That's what I typed. <laughs> <laughs> now it's a Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> um... So Joshua is trying to get out of the corn, but then is it like Latin su- singing? It's like da, 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 ba, da, ba, it's a little bit of Sanctus Dominus kind yeah, of yeah. It kind of remind me of the Omen, like yep. that crazy singing, yeah. um, and with music and um, and so we all know as of the viewer that Joshua is probably toast <laughs> now that this is happening. So for Bert and Vicky, they're trying to make he- heads or tails of the map at this point. They're driving, and then there's. Um, Joshua, who's in the Isn't road, it, is it Joseph? Joseph, yeah, I wrote Joshua. So there's a new kid, Joshua. <laughs> a new kid, Joshua, that just showed up. He's like, hey guys, <laughs> sorry, um, hey guys. Joseph. He he's trying to get out of the corn. Excuse me. It's the kid who threatened the other kids. <laughs> um, and then there's a bloody Joseph in the road, and unfortunately, they hit him pretty good. Yeah, big old uh, smack. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he was very injured beforehand, and Bert, um, he goes over to investigate. He says he's dead, and he tells Vicky, go to the car and lock the doors, because there's something very wrong here. I think he realizes he's also a doctor as well, that like he has uh, injuries that were inflicted upon him before. Like, yeah, his unrelated. throat is cut, so yeah. like, that didn't happen Definitely from the car accident. Definitely not related to uh, being hit by a car. So... Um, he has her go and get in the car and uh, he grabs a tire iron for protection and he grabs a blanket to cover Joseph. Bert enters the corn and we see a creepy Malachi walking towards the car and arresting Vicky. And at this point, Bert has found jo- um, Joseph's bloody suitcase. Uh, Vicky is kind of being pursued by a creepy Malachi and his knife. But it was a dream, and she's startled awake um, by Bert, and he he, wake, he he comforts her and um, 
Oh, can I say something about that dream? Oh, sure. Um, So in it, when she um, she gets out of the car and walks over to where Joseph's body's laying covered with a blanket. Uh And in the dream, like he, you know, she's walking up to it and then he all of a sudden like sits up and reaches for her and she's like all startled. Yeah. When they were filming that scene, they told Linda Hamilton that it was too hot on the road to actually have the actor under the blanket. So it was just going to be a mannequin. Uh But it was actually the kid. So when it sat up like that, her reaction was real. She's like, what? Because she didn't know oh there was gosh. a live person under the blanket. I love those little tidbits, little, uh... Yeah. Like and then I'm kind of like, well, you, are you, as an actor, are you pissed that they, like, manipulated you in that way? Or you're like, oh, you got me. You little pranksters. You little tricky, tricky. <laughs> silly, silly goose. Um, that's pretty funny. So, yeah, I mean, that was definitely startling. And it felt like a pet cemetery moment, too. A, a little, little bit, bit, yeah. Or it reminded me of that. So, um, so then... We see that dream happen, and then Bert wakes her up, and he comforts her. She's already startled about that dream, and we see her genuinely startled on film. Uh, So then Bert places Joseph's body into the trunk, and he's like, we have to find somebody who, like, knows what's, you know, somebody who's in charge with authority. Yeah, we gotta report it, basically. Yeah, we hit somebody, and there's a dead child, so this is a big deal. So, Job and Sarah, meanwhile, are in their old house playing Monopoly with weird clothes on. <laughs> it's like um, their parents' clothes. <laughs> yeah. And then um, they're playing Monopoly with, like, yeah, their church garb on. And Malachi shows up. He's not thrilled because they're playing records. And they're playing records. Forbidden. It's forbidden. Uh, so, he's like, I'm taking you to Isaac. And they're like, oh, man. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he takes them to Isaac and tells... Um, tells Malik, Malachi, he's like, return them to their house because she has the sight. Um, I think Malachi also shows Isaac a, a drawing of a, a car arriving in a yellow car. Yeah. And so he's... And he's like, but Malachi's like trying to get Sarah punished because drawing is forbidden. Yeah. But then like he's showing Isaac this drawing that Isaac knows like all of Sarah's drawings are like foreseeing things. Right. And he's like, but this is it. And Isaac's like, you don't, you don't understand. Be quiet. So Malachi is pretty mad about that. Yeah. Not getting his I mean, he seems like he's an angry kid to start with. Yeah. He just looks angry. Can I also comment that it annoys me that these kids are the same age? As when this happened three years ago, like there, everyone was. Oh killed yeah, like, like three years later, Malachi hadn't uh, changed at all from when we saw and him. The kids, right? they're all the same. Yep, they're all the same. And that's not how that works. But yeah. okay, anyway, so I I digress. I was just annoyed. I was like, what? They're basically the same. Age. Okay. <laughs> um, so he talks. He's like, uh, Isaac's like, well, tell the old man, you know, to, to he better not, you know you know, let the cat out of the bag, essentially, about Mm. what's going on in the town. And he better zip it. And then um, Malachi gives... um, uh, He takes the kids back. And then we see Vicky and Bert arrive at the gas station. And old man's not helpful at all. He's like, I don't got no direction. Or he's like, no gas. No, like... No diesel. No no phone. No phone. No pants. (laughs) (laughs) And there's Sarge, a a dog who's... Mm, uh, A little border collie. Yeah, he's a little cutie pie. And he's wearing a, a bandana. Uh, he tells him, he's like, go to the next town. And his dog, Sarge, senses something in the core. And he's all, like, sniffing and trying to go over there. And he's like, no, Sarge, no. You know, don't go over there. And uh, So, meanwhile, on the road, Bert and Vicky, they're driving and driving. And they, and they just can't seem to get away from Gatlin. Yeah, because the to gas station guy told told them, oh, don't, don't go to Gatlin. People there got religion. Like, they don't 
kin to outsiders, and so he's trying right. to send them to Hemingford, which is further away. Yes. But he's, he, he like convinces Bert and Vicky to go to Hemingford instead of Gatlin, and they're trying to get to Hemingford, but all they're seeing are signs to Gatlin that are like sending them in like this wild goose chase. Yeah, and it seems to me like he kind of tries to infer that they don't have any kind of technology, like a, a town yeah. that doesn't really adhere to... Um, you know, modern, modern technology yeah, stuff. So that so, like, they wouldn't be able to get any help there anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I guess is actually still a legitimate concerns in different places in yeah, the United States. That's so true. Yeah. It's not super far fetched in this uh, fictional demon corn town. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they can't get away. So, Meanwhile, back at the shop, the mechanic's arguing with the wind for a while, and then... <laughs> it's, like, it's like Grandpa Simpson shaking his fist at the cloud. That's sort of how it felt like. Um, and then we realize that Sarge has been killed because he finds a bloody bandana, and he's like, you didn't have to do that. You know, he's yeah, like, he's my like, dog. my dog, I, I, I told you... I, I didn't say anything I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the creepy music s- kind of starts. Uh, so then we know the mechanic's number is up. Because teenagers are in the shadows and there's the Latin singing happening. <laughs> so. And it's like hands grasping cleavers and hands grasping crowbars. Yeah, it's and, like, yeah. Doo, 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 doo. and then they, you see like, yeah, just. They're not, re- they're not yeah. getting ready to mise en place. trouble afoot. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then um, the teenagers do that. And then Bert has just finally resorted to driving through the cornfield at this point. He's just like, what the hell? Like, I'm just. We need to figure this shit out. He's just driving around in circles, so he's driving through the court, and and uh, Vicky's like, "Oh my gosh, you can't! You drive through the court." Um, <laughs> I don't think she says that, but no. she, that's how she looks. She's just like, "What are you doing? What the hell?" Yeah. And he's like, "Don't worry about it. You're a woman. You don't know what to to do. Put your ovaries away and <laughs> shut up." Get out of here. Uh, then later that day, we see Isaac giving a creepy sermon about the out outlanders. And basically, he's talking about crucifying them like the blue man. Uh, and then you see a police officer who's up, whose skeletal remains are up on uh, a cross man of corn. Um, so then Bert and Vicky finally, meanwhile, make it into the town. And no one, they can't see anybody with the except, exception of, um, we can see some kids with knives kind of hiding in the shadows. Bert and Vicky enter a defunct diner. They're observed by the kids, but the kids don't really see them. Although the kids are really bad at hiding. I don't know why they don't notice them because their heads are like just basically sticking right out from behind yeah, the counter. And you would think that but... kids that were living in a world with just other kids and no toys and games allowed would be really good at hide and seek. They're like, you can't what else see do you have to do? <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. Uh, but they don't see them for some reason. So they uh, finally realize, though, that there's some kids like kind of rummaging through their car and they're like, hey, kids, you know. So they run outside and then the kids run away and um, they see a door cl- close in the house. Uh, finally, because they decide to leave and then they see like a door closed in the house and they're like, oh, you know, maybe someone's in there. Yeah. And it's uh, Sarah and Job's house or their old house. So mm-hmm. they pull over, they knock, and they enter the house. Of course, Vicky's like, you can't go into someone's house. She's like, this is someone's house. He just opens the front door and walks yeah. in. <laughs> Bert's like, well, sh- sh- it's fine. Uh, so he goes inside, and of course, the phones don't work again. Bert hears the, uh, a noise, like music and stuff, and he finds Sarah. And then Sarah explains that the grown-ups are in the field. 
And then Bert is like, well, I'm going to go talk to an adult. And I think the way that Sarah explains it, it sort of seems like they're working in the field. Yeah, because they ask her, they're like, are they are they working? Are they like having a meeting or something? Because all she says is like they're they're in the court because that's obviously, you know, where where their corpses got yeah, put. Yeah, they're in the court field. But that's all she says is that's where they are. Right. Because so she's like, an unhelpful well, child. Yes, it's very elusive. So she's he, also he, Kathy Santoni, by the way. Who's that? From Full House. She was like a regular character that went to middle school with... She was in Stephanie's class, I think, on Full House. Was Santoni rude? Um, Was she like a bully? She wasn't, She wasn't. but Gia was the bully. Kathy Santoni was like... She and Stephanie were like kind of friends, but she was a cool girl. She was a friend of me. Yeah. Okay. Um... So I knew she was bad. (laughs) (laughs) And this just further proves it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Bert, taking that very like elusive explanation, Bert's like, well, I'm going to go talk to an adult. And Vicky's like, I'll stay with Sarah. And then at this point, Sarah tells Vicky that she isn't supposed to, she's not allowed to draw because she's like, what are you doing drawing? And she's like, yeah, I'm not allowed to draw. And Vicky's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, So meanwhile, Bert just looks around town, Corden's everywhere in the school, uh, just like shoved all over the place. He wanders around, teenagers are kind of observing him from afar, uh, following him. They're also, they also approach the house to uh, Job and Sarah's house. And they Bert enters the town hall. There's more corn everywhere. Just like everywhere there's decorative a surface, corn. There's corn all over. Yeah. Uh, it's like you're at the pumpkin patch and that's the that's the leading decorative choice. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So uh like in file cabinets. It's like all over it's like yeah. sh- coming out of all over the place. So Job file follows him, he's kind of watching him and but not really making contact at this point. Only Sarah has. Uh the teenagers finally enter the house they seize vicky bert senses something bad is happening so he runs over to find vicky sarah tells bert that malachi took vicky so he runs off and he's looking for vicky and you know he just was he's just trying to figure out what's going on and he's like and now my girlfriend's gone so um and she's who saw that coming when you split up yeah we all know that's the safest thing to do um (laughs) So she's in the field and she's placed on the corn cross and uh, while all these teenagers yell, kill, kill, kill at her. Like <laughs> As teenagers of, are known to do. Yeah. And she's freaking out because she sees the blue man. She's like, what? Like, he doesn't look like he's doing oh too good. Um, so then Bert crashes uh, a weir- weird ritual and then he's <laughs> run away and he's chased, but not before he's stabbed. Uh, and the real weird ritual is in Does the it, church. Doesn't he get Vicky down first? Oh, no, that's no. this is before. This is in the church, and he's like, I'm turning 18. I'm so excited. And he has, like, a pentagram. And carved and into carved, his chest. Yeah, and yeah. then his sort of girlfriend or whatever, I don't know, is drinking from the cup of blood, and she's like, this is so great. I'm so excited for you. I don't know if that's what she says exactly, but that's what I get, like, her feelings are. Um, <laughs> that's what radiates from her face. Yeah. So he injures, um, he's able to injure Malachi, and, and um, you know, then he runs away, and then Job finally comes out and helps Bert hide. He's like, come on and hide. And finally, um, so they're, like, kind of hunkered down mm-hmm. in, like, a... I, I think it's like an underground cellar thing. And Job explains like, my dad made this during the Soviets when they were trying to like, you know, threaten right, know, nuclear yeah. war or whatever. And no one knows about this hiding spot. So meanwhile, back in the field, 
uh, Malachi or Isaac and Malachi get into their fight, and because Malachi is just sort of just being told all the time by Isaac what to do, and then Malachi is like, well, "You don't, we don't have to tell you know do what you tell us to do no more," and then they put him on the corn cross. So Isaac is not thrilled about that <laughs> so malachi is like i'm gonna go find the outlander so they cut down his girlfriend vicky and uh my nose is running that's annoying um, oh yeah that's when they they take her down because they're trying to use her as bait basically yes. to find bert yeah so they're marching her through the town basically the town square and malachi's like outlander i have your woman i have your woman um and so he's like yelling 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 but um Bert can't hear because they're hunkered down in that cellar. Right. So he's like, I guess you can't hear so good. Because um, <laughs> you old. His taunting doesn't work. So, you know, uh, but, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, Sarah and Joe finally show uh, Bert where Vicky was last seen back at the corn. And then we get to see Isaac on the cross, and Amos is just super stoked to be sacrificed. Um, and Isaac does not look as thrilled. A- Amos is like, "Woo, this is great!" And then uh, <laughs> Amos is full on on the Kool Aid, like, and Isaac is like, "Oh, how the turntables have I know. turned!" <laughs> Isaac's like, "Oh, well, shit." Um, yeah, this is not great for me. Uh, <clears throat> plus, my hat's gone. I don't have my hat anymore. Well, yeah, so. you can't go on a crucifix with a wide-brimmed hat like that because your head needs to lay flush against the back of the cross. Yeah. So, yeah. obviously, his hat had to be removed. So, yeah, I could see why he's upset. Um, <laughs> so, then Amos is killed by he who lives behind, or walks behind the corn, excuse me. I mean, we and assume he lives there as well. Yes. Lives yeah, and walks. Yes. He lives and laughs and Res- loves. resides. <laughs> he who resides behind the corn. <laughs> Um, so he's killed, and then Isaac is screaming like a banshee mm-hmm. when red computer stuff goes all over oh him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I felt like we were watching Tron. I know. When this part starts. This is where I lost Grace when I showed this to her the She's first like, time. I'm out. So then Bert shows up and he yells at them, and then he bitch slaps Malachi. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, it was like Malachi was the hysterical <laughs> woman, and he was just backhanding him <laughs> once over the other until Poor he just Malachi. passes out. So then finally, a very possessed Isaac, who is possessed by he who walks and resides behind the corn, (laughs) um, he shows up and he's like, he wants you too, Malachi. And he and Malachi is like, no, I'm good. Um, And then at this point, the kids just run away to the barn and uh, the winds are knocking stuff around. At this point, Job tells Bart, Bart? Nope, that's wrong. This is tiny, tiny print people <laughs> that she's reading. Tiny print. It's so little. Uh, tells Bert and Vicky what the police officer was trying to do. He was trying the blue man, um, who who that used to be. Not from Blue Man Group. No, no. The Not poor, to be the confused poor, with the Vegas show. man on the, on the cross. He was trying to burn the field. And so he goes out. Um, and then Job kind of tells him where the fuel is, how mm-hmm. to do it. So Bert, he goes out and um, he has a bottle in a rag and he has the hose and he he's trying to get this going where the the, the spigots are like spewing. Yeah, he's hooking fuel. the fuel source up to the sprinkler system yes. that waters the cornfield. Right, right. So but for a moment, it seems like he's defeated by the corn wraps as uh, as it's wrapping around him. But then Job comes to help and Bert's like, get out of here. And Job's like, thanks. You know, you can say thank you, basically. <laughs> Um, what is he, he goes, excuse me. Yeah, basically. 
that they manage to finally get gas all over the field and burn it, but not before Joe has to go run to retrieve the bottle after Bert threw it so horribly yeah. in the first place. He's a doctor, not a ball player. <laughs> right. He's like, throw it good this time. <laughs> throw it not shitty this time. Um, so then he manages to throw it. Then there's cheesy effects that show the monster uh, has been burned up and defeated. Then they all walk back to his their corn car. And <laughs> Bert is almost killed by a teen girl uh, <laughs> in the back. One last jump scare. Jump yeah. carry scare. Mm. <laughs> and it felt like, and then the kids, they're all laughing. They're like, ha, 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 ha. And then they leave. Yep, they, basically. They're just going to walk the 19 miles to Hemingford. Yeah, they're like, I'm going to walk. They'll just walk to the next town. But like her like getting up, jumping from the back seat to kill Bert, it was just felt like a do-do-do-do-do-do. Like, <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> knocks her out, and then they go, well, <laughs> bye. Yeah, well, see ya. And then that's the end That's of the end. Children the credits the start corn. rolling over them just walking away. <laughs> I know. And then they're like, isn't it funny? Ha, 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 ha. Everyone was killed. Mm-hmm. Let's go. You can stay for us for one day. No, one week. No, forever. We Wait, now no, have adopted what? children. I know. So I was like, well, that's okay. <laughs> Didn't put that's a lot kinda... of effort into wrapping that up. <laughs> I know. It was just sort of light, lightly, a little bit funny at the end, but um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so that is Children of the Corn. Uh, but it's, you know, it's a huge, huge part of our, you know, the horror genre. So. Right. Um, but before we move on... Did you find it scary, Katie? Um, as a kid, I mean, because I did, I saw this when I was pretty young. Um, I thought it was very creepy. I thought that, you know, the the reason, well, I mean, because we didn't even say at the at the opening, like how this falls into our theme for the summer. But this, you know, um, secluded settings or abandoned settings um, and different ways that that's used to create uh, fear. And so, like you know, this is this black, idea yeah. of, you know, driving out in those middle of America flyover states where the population is just really spread out and thin and you really don't know what to expect from one town to the next and to arrive in a town that if even if the town had been legitimately just abandoned, like a true ghost town without, you know, demon worshiping children, um, it still would have been a creepy setting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that whole like the the evidence all around you of human life with no humans there. Yeah. Is is unsettling. It's unnerving. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you like go into their church and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, so and you're like, what drove them out of here? Yeah. Like What's what what on? went wrong? Like it couldn't have been something good. They didn't all win the lottery and abandon the town. Yeah. Um, so that that setting, like the creepiness of that, like is something I think I felt even when, you know, as a kid when I saw this and um, it Malachi was um, a pretty scary dude. Um, he you know, he's this tall, gangly, redheaded kid. Um, so Courtney Gaines, the actor, he was also um, a lot of people would know him from that time period. He was in Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's still, I mean, he, he's, his career has continued. He's a pretty recognizable guy, but this is like the, the role that he's most recognized for. Yeah. Um, and his, uh, his parents were like really uncomfortable seeing him in this movie and he, like his whole career well, has so had, violent. 
Yeah, yeah. and he's, it's just, it's really disturbing. Like, he's a very, you can almost say he's a one-note character because he's he's like a dog with a bone. Like, he's laser-focused on, you know, enforcing the law, and he doesn't like getting manipulated and bossed around, which is why he eventually turns on Isaac. Um, but he's frightening because, you know, Isaac's this little preacher dude, but Malachi is, like, a, a bigger, like, not big, like I said, he's lanky, but, like, a tall, imposing kind of like quiet like doesn't you know do a lot of yapping like Isaac and I thought that that character was really creepy yeah um definitely that being said this was one of my go-to movies with my original horror bestie Hillary and we had like catchphrases from it that we just absolutely let and, and screaming outlander like Malachi does repeatedly was one of our favorite things to do as seventh <laughs> graders but the other is that but he's Isaac, like the way he speaks uh, outlander yeah he pronounces things like, weird yes and I'm like it, that's also a f- off-putting to you. Just yeah. Like how, well, partly, I mean, that's that wasn't for the character, I don't think, because like Courtney Gaines has like a very large mouth and very large teeth. Yes. And so I think that he actually does speak a little bit unusually because of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, then the other phrase that Hillary and I loved, because Isaac says this like, I think two or three times during the movie, he goes, question me not, Malachi. <laughs> <laughs> and so we would like use that on each other all the time when we were arguing. Um so, you know, when I was a kid, I did think it was creepy. It, yeah. it would make me feel a little spooked, a little uncomfortable, a little mm-hmm. not wanting to turn the light out at bedtime. Yes. Um, and now, obviously, it's dated. And the um, the effects that they throw in at the end um, make it, you know, take kind of eliminate. Like, it destroys any creepiness that had been built up until that point because the effects were so bad. Um, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, it's it's not it's obviously not scary to an adult or even to most kids, I think, nowadays because of how dated it looks. Yeah. 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 Did you think yeah. it was scary? I mean, not as an adult, I would say I would concur. I, w- I remember very clearly how I watched this for the first time. Yeah. I was at a family member's birthday party or something. And it was one of those things where everyone in the family goes to someone's house Mm -hmm. and we just hang out all day and there's like food and stuff and people are swimming and like the parents, all the grownups are like just talking and drinking and the kids are just running around and they're like, go watch the movie. What are you watching? It doesn't matter. We don't care. Just don't bother us. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. And I remember going in and to the the TV room, and they had it on. It was like UPN or something. Mm-hmm. And so it was for TV edited one. But but this um, wouldn't have had to have a lot I, edited out for TV. I don't think so either. Maybe Linda Hamilton dancing pantless, but maybe. I bet I not even, even that. I don't know. Um, and I remember telling my mom or my parents, I was like, this, this movie's scary. I was like nine or ten. And they're like, it's fine. Uh Go back. <laughs> they're like they barely even heard me or acknowledged. I'm sure it'll me. get less scary if you keep watching it. Go. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, so yeah, they just wanted me to like not bother them. So I went back in, and then I mean I was that was eighties parenting. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I went back in there, and the bigger kids were watching, and I was watching it, and it was uh, the scene where. <laughs> Where Isaac gets sacrificed, yeah, and then he turns into the possessed, like Isaac. a zombie Isaac, yeah. yeah. And I were being like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what is this?" But also intrigued. Mm-hmm. I don't of know. Course. I gotta say, a little twinkle in your eye. Yeah, I'm I sure there was. In my eye. But yeah, I watched the whole thing because my parents were like degenerates. Yeah. <laughs> <Just let us> watch. <laughs> 
Come on, come on. We wouldn't be who we are today without their neglect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I remember like my heart was pumping. I was like, oh, and I remember being nervous in the car on the way home. It was like a summer night and it was like, you, yeah, I, I mean, I remember looking out the window. Sure. I was going to be killed <laughs> by Isaac. Isaac was going to kill me. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm getting all phlegmy. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's a great story. I love how it's secluded and you do bring like when I ever traveled to places unknown, places I've never been, where it's secluded and there's people that may not have the same ideology as you mm -hmm. or have different upbringing as you, and you're a woman and other things, uh, you know, you get a little nervous. You might it, feel a little you know? vulnerable. Definitely. And I definitely have had that feeling of vulnerable when I'm driving through the sticks of Texas, when mm -hmm. you know, back in my home state, and I feel you know, a little anxious. So it does play a little bit on some actual real worries that mm -hmm. I have. Um, but it's definitely part of my rotation as a, you know, a lover of the hor horror <laughs> film franchise. But speaking of franchise, mm -hmm. I do know that you have a lot of information. I do. About this stuff. Yeah. Actually, this time, um, I have a little more information about the literary origins than the sequels, um, because as we know, this was based on the Stephen King short story, and I love Stephen King. We know that, too. Um, so the short story Children of the Corn was published in a collection of short stories called Night Shift that uh, Stephen King published in 1976. Um, and actually a little Easter egg was that there was actually a copy of the book Night Shift on the dashboard in Bert and Vicky's car. Oh, that's In fun. the movie. Yeah. Um, the story itself is only 29 pages long. Uh, yeah. Very short. And um, so I, I read it yesterday and um, uh, it reminded me of how, and I think I've mentioned this uh, before, but um, in Stephen King always writes really interesting forwards and afterwards to um, in his novels, um, and he always addresses them like he speaks to his reader. He calls them constant readers, what he called like a capital C, capital R con to you, dear constant reader. Um, and one of the things that I've um, read from him before is this idea of short stories versus novels and how, um, you know, knee jerk, like somebody who's not a writer would think that a short story would be easier to write because it's short. Um, but it's actually more challenging to develop a story and develop characters that are effective um, with less text. Yeah, that would make sense. So obviously yeah. there's there's also additional challenges to the 500-page books that he writes. Sure, but we've talked sure. about his, his range between, you know, the books that he writes that has one or two characters and then the books that he writes that has 40, you know, characters. Yeah, Under and the then Dome versus... Uh, Gerald's he, Game. Yeah, Do McKee or yeah. Gerald's Game. So um, just like he excels at both of those, um, both ends of that spectrum, also his ability to create a really frightening short story in addition to like a really, really lengthy, frightening um, story or concept. Um, and this is one where even though it was very short, it was very frightening. And the um, the the movie took almost everything from the short story and then just added to it, obviously, because there would need to be additional elements to make a full length movie out of it. Sure. Um, a couple of key differences is in the short story, the the road trip that the, Vicky and Bert are on is um, an, a last-ditch attempt to save their marriage. Like, they hate each other. They're in a failing marriage. And um, so they're just at each other's throats and, like, being just cruel and arguing and hold it. So that 
um, I think in the short story, like contributes a lot to um, the bad feeling of this experience, because also Vicky is like, we need to get out of this town. We need to leave. I'm going to leave without you. I'm going to, you know, all this stuff. And they're just like, it it was a really actually kind of accurate um, vibe of uh, a a bad marriage of people that, that it's just they're done with each other. They hate each other. And so that contributed to all of the icky feelings of the experience. Whereas sure, in the sure. movie, I think to support where the story went, it made more sense for Vicky and Bert. They're a very loving couple. You know, well, they, they have a yeah. great relationship. And then as, as a viewer, he you want to like you want to be rooting yeah. for someone. Yes. And if you yeah. hate everybody or, you know, you're just like, man, these people suck. Yeah. And you kind of I want them to die. You're just like, <laughs> why am I? Why, why do I care about this? Yeah. Why do I care about these? horrible people yeah. that are so petty and terrible. Um, so that was a pretty significant change that I think makes a lot of sense to have made that um, yeah. change from the story to the movie. Um, and another thing, this is a little more trivial, but it speaks to something that you mentioned earlier. Um, in the movie, there's a time gap of three years from when they kill all the adults to when Vic, Vicky and Bert arrive. Um, in the book, it's 12 years. Oh, shit. Like they've actually started giving birth to the next generation of children of the corn in the book. Um, And then the reason the screenwriters uh, thought that that was too unbelievable, that what had happened in Gatlin would go unnoticed for that long. Right. Um, And so that's why they reduced it to three years. Right. Um, Which I think is because like the whole thing is unbelievable. But whatever. (sighs) Um, but then also speaking of the the screenplay, so Stephen King actually wrote a screenplay um, for this, but they threw it out. Um, he included more backstory for Isaac. Um, he made the ending um, match the ending in the book where both Bert and Vicky die. Um, and the but the uh, directors and the producers or whatever um, decided that they, um, they they thought like he doesn't really know how to write a screenplay. We don't we don't want to use his stuff. And so they didn't use it. And they, um, you know, had a different screenwriter uh, write their script. Um, so the original budget for the movie was one point three million dollars. But it ended up having to be cut to eight hundred thousand because Stephen King demanded more money to use his name. He like an additional five hundred thousand. Um, and they at the time, they thought that it was like kind of him being like, you know, vengeful or petty because um, they didn't use his screenplay. Um, but then later on, you know, and people become became aware that this was during the time period where he was actually abusing a lot of drugs, that he was pretty badly addicted. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of speculation now that maybe that had something to do with it, that him wanting the extra money. Um, <laughs> He's like, I just got to, you know, pay... Pay off all my dealers. Pay, pay my guys. <laughs> um, right from my lubes. <laughs> <laughs> but it ended up having a big impact on um, the, f- the finished movie because they had to cut a ton of scenes um, because of the reduced budget. Right, um, yeah. And uh, like when you say, like when Sarge, or just elements like when the uh, when the dog dies and you find out he dies just by seeing the bloody bandana, like they were supposed to see his severed head inside the open hood of the truck. Like yeah. elements like that, yeah. um, that, you know, had been written into the script and planned out and everything they just didn't have the money for anymore. And a lot of the scenes, like, you know, they were a little disappointed to have to cut. Um, but one, I think, maybe benefit Um, of having that reduced budget was because in the short story, there's a very brief description of an actual creature that is he who walks behind the rose. And it's like, it's a very brief description. It's a green corn creature with big football-sized red glowing eyes or whatever. Right, okay. Um, And there there was a plan for the movie to include an actual being as well, but then they couldn't afford it. 
Right. So they replaced it with just like, you know, the the rolling clouds in the sea. It was just a force, basically. And then yeah. we get that little like weird Tron like electronic color. And like under the dirt as it's rolling. Yeah, the dirt exactly. Too. Those are like low budge um, replacements, basically, because they couldn't make this monster character that they yeah, had planned for. I would say that's probably better. Exactly. Um, because <laughs> you have like your it movie. Situ- yeah. Or, uh, made for TV situation where you see the the monster and you're like, oh, oh never mind anymore. Not scared. I'm not scared at yeah. all. So, so um, I'm glad that I like remembered this time because when we recorded the episode, I was kicking myself for not bringing um, this book because a long time ago when I was reading Stephen King's book, Dance Macabre, which is his nonfiction book about just horror in general from the radio days to movies to literature and everything. Um, and uh, when I read it, there had been a part that um, is about that idea of showing the evil versus not showing the evil and what's scarier. Um, and so I, I brought it, if you'll if you'll bear with me. Sure. Um, okay. So he says, I do want to say something about imagination purely as a tool in the art and science of scaring the crap out of people. Uh, nothing is so frightening as what's behind the closed door. You approach the door in the old deserted house and you hear something scratching at it. The audience holds its breath along with the protagonist as she, he, more often she, approaches that door. The protagonist throws it open and there is a 10 foot tall bug. The audience screams, but this particular scream has an oddly relieved sound to it. A bug 10 feet tall is pretty horrible, the audience thinks, but I can deal with a 10 foot tall bug. I was afraid it might be 100 feet tall. Um, and then uh, it, he well, he's talking about the, the changeling for a while. But then um, so speaking as a screenwriter, Bill Nolan, when he offered the example of the big bug behind the door, the um, the point applies to all media. What's behind the door or lurking at the top of the stairs is never as frightening as the door or the staircase itself. And because of this comes the paradox. The artistic work of horror is almost always a disappointment. It's the classic no win situation. You can scare people with the unknown for a long, long time. But sooner or later, as in poker, you have to turn your down cards up. You have to open the door and show the audience what's behind it. And if what happens to be behind it is a bug, not 10 but 100 feet tall, the audience heaves a sigh of relief or utters a scream of relief and thinks, a bug 100 feet tall is pretty horrible, but I could deal with that. I was afraid it might be 1,000 feet tall. (laughs) Uh, The thing is, and a pretty good thing for the human race too, um, blah blah blah. Human consciousness can deal with almost everything, which leaves the writer or director of the horror tale with a problem, which is the psychological equivalent of inventing a faster than light space drive. Um, there is and always has been a school of horror writers, I am not among them, who believe that the way to beat this rap is to never open the door at all. And then he talks about the haunting, actually. Oh, um, yes. And, uh, uh, well, he talks about the haunting for a while, so I won't I won't uh, read further. But it's that was what I've kind of tried to paraphrase that in the past. But that idea of the a storyteller having to make that choice, and once right. you show the evil, your the audience is automatically going to be relieved because the human imagination can always go further. Yes. Yeah. Um, And then the question is, do you show the monster or do you not show the monster? And in this case, they planned to show the monster. Then they didn't have the money to make the monster. And that was probably a good thing. I mean, I think that's also why Jaws is so horrifying. The movie Jaws, because the freaking shark wouldn't work. And, you know, they couldn't get it to the 
the robot or whatever, the mechanics that just kept breaking and breaking. Mm-hmm. So they only were able to show like a little bit yeah, and not as much as they had planned. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think it already was a scary idea like mm-hmm. that. You know, having a shark come and kill everybody. <laughs> well, and a shark is a perfect um, opportunity for something like that because it's the fin. The, yeah. the fin is what is terrifying and you can't even see the monster. Yeah, you don't see the teeth and the black eye. Yeah, but it's like the fin. It's like, how big is it? Yes. You know, how how horrible are its teeth and how giant is its mouth? You don't know. But you see yeah. the fin, so you know it's there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But And so if your imagination is allowed to run, that's so much scarier than having the shark right there in front of you. Yes, and I think that's um, why I enjoy a lot of other creature world movies where they show the monster, but like parts of the monster mm-hmm. or the entity or whatever's like a little bit like in the shadows. You see yeah. like a like the silhouette, yeah, or the fingers or like a leg and like the hoof mm-hmm. foot, and it's a deep, and you're like, oh my gosh, and it's like, or it's like tar black like all, we've yeah. seen in different all the insidious um, stuff that yeah, we were talking about that, in those last episodes crackling sound mm-hmm. and when you see it all together out in the light you're just like well that's silly you're like oh okay <laughs> i mean i could probably fight the lipstick demon and win right, and, or at right. least get away because he's just i mean how fast can you run on hooves like your that hoof, hoof feet and yeah i could probably t- get away around <laughs> so yeah i mean that's interesting i like i like hearing about that but yeah. the, just the process and what scares because it rings true to me mm-hmm. definitely yeah and yeah. and just like you know he he's very clear um later in that chapter that his his philosophy as a storyteller is you have to open the door you owe it to your audience to open the door for better or worse even if you know it ends up being a disappointment like it you know histor- classically it was with it yeah. um but that there <laughs> yeah, are a lot yeah. of storytellers that that is their answer is just don't open the door what about like Partially, a yeah. little bit, and like, I think that that's, that might be the the movies that scare us the most. Is that more of a the answer? Sticking like, with the just the hints and the nudges and the nods, but not you know the full exposure. Right. Yeah. Well, like for example, um, Lights Out. Yeah. Where you see it in the dark, like the black light, or yeah. this, or you know, like the red flashing light from the tattoo sign. That mm-hmm. and she's on the ground. Remember, and that was just like, oh, you're like, oh my gosh, and yeah. it's like for moments, like just moment that you yeah, can just see. a flash. Yes, and it's like looking at you suddenly, and mm-hmm. then um, that's so scary. It it's, is. It's truly horrifying and. Because it's like feeding yeah. your imagination, but it's it's your not getting you all the, the way there. Right. Yeah. And yeah, you're like, did I just see you when I thought I saw? Oh, my gosh. I looked away from the screen for a moment. And I then, missed it. What I missed? Oh, my gosh. And, and you know. <laughs> Why is Katie covering her eyes? <laughs> um, yeah. And so that actually takes me um, to the couple of comments I have about sequels for this. Because this is actually the Stephen King movie um, that has spawned more sequels than any other of Stephen King's movies. Um, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine sequels and one remake. Um, are you talking about, <coughs> excuse me, the 2023? Um, that is not a remake. The the one and it actually was released in 2020. It just they just put it on um, Netflix now, um, but it uh, it came out in 2020 originally. So no, there was one that came out in 2023. It that's the one that was released in 2020. Trust me, really? I watched it. <laughs> I the wish one I with the little girl. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So if you go on IMDb, the original re- release date was 2020. Okay. Um. 
but they I think that they must have re-released it or just pushed it out because on Netflix it shows that it is from 2023. Oh, man. Um, so when I was a kid and I was just getting into horror movie, I would do that thing. And I mentioned before where I would go to the video store and rent a whole series and like all of the sequels and watch them all. Um, and so I did that with Children of Corn at one point. And this is something I started in middle school, continued through high school. And so probably when I did that with Children of the Corn, I bet you at most the first five had been made. Um, and so the ones after that, I've never seen. But they're, okay, so there's Children of the Corn 2, The Final Sacrifice from 92. Final Sacrifice, the second movie out of nine movies. Final Sacrifice. Um, Children of the Corn 3 is... <laughs> they're like, we're done. <laughs> yep, that's it. Just kidding. Um, number three was called Urban Harvest, came out in 95. Number four was called The Gathering, came out in 96. Number five was Fields of Terror, <laughs> 98. Um, and then there was Children of the Corn, 666, Isaac's Return. Yeah. <laughs> which is in 99. So that would have been the last one, I'm sure. I, I may not have seen that one because 99, I was a senior in high school. So that might have been after I watched them all. But that definitely would have been the last one. Your I could interest have potentially had seen. waned. You're yeah. Like, I'm done with this. Uh, yeah. But then after that, they did not quit. In 2001, there was Children of the Corn Revelation. Uh, 2011 Children of the Corn Genesis and 2018 Children of the Corn Runaway. Um, I watched <laughs> I watched yesterday uh, for like an hour. It was like a synopsis of all the different movies. Yeah. And it's like this. Also, I can't remember her her name. I can maybe give her credit next time. But uh, she's just an Aust Australian like movie blogger. You've mentioned her before, I think. I don't know. Was she but... the one that did the the it like um, was marrying all of the the like it text with the movies and everything that you were referring to when we were doing no, that episode? That was on Reddit. That oh, was like okay. A random person, but um, yeah, she did it. It was like a, on YouTube, so it, it was kind of fun. But um, I just saw like I got kind of the gist of what of how terrible I they were. Didn't feel like I missed, <laughs> but like the uh, kind of overall. And then Naomi Watts is randomly in one of them. Oh, really? Yeah. And yeah. It, it, I was like, oh, oh okay. You poor thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so what I decided was, so none of them were available for free on streaming. And so rather than, I remembered them being pretty bad. So I was like, okay, well instead I'll watch this newest one um, that, you know, the streaming service says came out in 2023. Um, and I had to pay to rent it. I paid a whole $6. Oh. So bad. The the semi-new one. Yes. It was. With like the little kid. Yes. It was terrible. Terrible. Because it was girls, right? Um, that were, well, the, it wasn't all girls. No, it was, but it was no, just, no, no. it was a girl I mean, leader. Um, no, I mean, Malachi and Isaac. Or There was no Malachi character. There was an older girl who was, was the like good guy. Joe? Yeah, Who's she was. Yeah, she, she was, was the, the joke, joke. character, okay, gotcha, basically. Gotcha. Um, and she was a much older teenager. Um, and then it was uh, a younger girl that took over the the Isaac role. And um, it was just bad. It was really bad. And um, the sad thing is uh, the there was like this kind of uh, possibility for a really intriguing concept because it was the, the reason that the kids why she led the kids to turn against the adults was actually like legitimate. Like she was, um, I think she lived in like a foster home uh -huh. and this one crazy kid like took the adults hostage or whatever. And so the police response ended up gassing the whole, um, foster home and all the kids died. Okay. Um, 
But then there was also this parallel of the the town was dying because the the corn they were they had agreed to start using this like Monsanto level like corn thing and they were getting like, corn like fungus. My eyes so hard right now. Yeah, like, there was this whole um, like uh, bio um, organic like storyline in there. Like the good the teenager who was like the the good girl the the job. Um, was like really against all of the pesticides or, um, you know, GMOs that they were using for the corn crops and the adults shouldn't have done that. And they made this agreement with the big corporation and now all the corn was dying. And so it was basically like the kids had legitimate reasons for turning against the adults in this one. It wasn't just a loony preacher and they're all stupid. And so they followed him. Yeah. Like yeah. there there was like they were like we're mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore type of thing. Sure, okay. Um but that that wasn't developed and the movie as a whole was so bad that you couldn't even appreciate that like oh that was a that was a smart thing to do. Yeah. The other I, stupid I it thing. Was like, I saw it was like 11% fresh. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. just rotten rotten. I was like oh bubber. Yeah. <laughs> um there it's that's correct. Um the other thing so they did show the monster. Okay. Um, it basically looked like Predator crossed with Groot. Um, it had, it was a big Groot corn plant character, um, but it had like jaws that opened up like the Predator mouth. And you just saw him like ripping people up and like killing people. Like it was just this, mo- this corn monster. Okay. Um, and, and it was really bad. <laughs> But that's kind of what Stephen King sort of wrote. And I think that their intent kind of was with the first movie that they try to do that. Yeah, it was to try and create a corn monster and have that. And it's like it's so, uh, so much scarier to do the alternative, to just have it be an unidentified force or spirit or demon that exists in the corn and can manipulate the corn and is manipulating people um, Yeah, yeah. rather than bad Groot. Bad Groot. Being a bad boy. Bad Super boy. bad boy. I, um, for that, um, <laughs> it was really funny because a lot of the movies were not very, didn't really add to the front, like the oh, story. No. But I did see, um, the second one, I think is the second one, had a little bit of a more of a backstory added to it about, um, it was a Native American who was kind of sharing this about how the land that they were on, mm-hmm. that happened to his tribe maybe I'm, I'm trying to it was just like a little blurb of and um that i watched uh-huh. on that that like recap of all of it but it was like this you know there was an entity that also had convinced the children to kind of like take kill the adults mm-hmm. in the tribe and so this has happened before and it was like an ancient folk- okay. folklore for okay. that yeah. for that place where they were living interesting and it was like an ancient being so I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting, but the rest of the movie didn't bring much to the table, according to this, this uh, you know, reviewer Aussie. person. So I was <laughs> like, that's probably fair. Yeah. But uh, I thought that was kind of interesting, just like the idea that it was something that was ancient that was there, yeah. where they happened to like build the town on there. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer when they're like, like with this, the this newest one that I watched when there's you can see a glimmer of something that could have been great if it was developed better. Right. Um, But the movie overall doesn't doesn't support it. Um, The other thing, and this is now going to, you know, keep me up nights. I did not mention there was a remake made in 2009 that is mysteriously unavailable in any way. 
So on Amazon, <laughs> it just says that it is unavailable, not known when it will return. The own, like, so you can't rent it. You can't buy it on DVD. The only DVD that I could find on Amazon is in German. I went Who's on eBay. It? No, nothing on eBay. Is there anyone of note in it? No. And I watched, um, I started the trailer you can watch on YouTube because I was searching YouTube. Like maybe there was like a really bad, you Badly know, dubbed. Exactly. Version. Or um, what do you call it? Um, not hijacked, but when you like go in and, and with your video recorder in the movie sure. theater. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was like, I'll even watch it like that because I so I started watching the trailer and it looked like I would really like it because it really looked like that time period of horrors, like the 2000s, which I'm I'm there for 2000s horror movies. Like well, that's the like the Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, the two Chainsaw then. Massacre ones in good. like 03 and 06. Like, yeah, those are that was I feel like that's that's my jam for um, especially if you're going to do like remakes or whatever. And so I started watching the trailer and it was like the couple that was driving in. It was like uh, it was mixed race, which is like, yeah, we're getting all edgy. Oh, um, but then I stopped watching the trailer because I was like, wait a minute. At that point, I thought I might still be able to see it. And I was like, you know how I am about trailers. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, OK, I don't want to watch the rest of this because I'm going to try and see if I can actually find this. Because at that point, I was even willing to like to buy the DVD. I knew I wouldn't have it in time to record, but yeah. I really want to see it now. Um, but yeah. And then I was like, when I found the German one on Amazon before I realized it was in German, it's like, it's like 47 bucks. And I was like, Not worth I don't it. know, I might buy that. <laughs> but then I'm like, dang it, it's in German. Cause I've made that mistake before yeah. I tried to get on DVD. Another one, Stephen King one that's hard to get is the miniseries Rose Red. <gasps> yeah. And I bought a DVD so off good. Amazon that arrived and it was in it was in another language. <laughs> and I think in a format that our DVD players won't You're even like, do. Well, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. That was included in the recaps. What was? That, that That version was included. Oh, the 2009 remake? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was no bueno, Aww. what she said. But um, I might still I mean, like it. You know, you never know. I stay open-minded. I, like, oh, I yeah. like stuff that critics say is bad. Sure. Oh, yeah, me too, in different ways. I'm trying, like, not to go off on a tangent, but I'm still looking for the DVD. I had the DVDs, and I can't, I mean, I'm, I when I probably moved, probably when I moved from Texas to California, they probably got lost, but they were um, of this BBC, it was called Dead Set, mm -hmm. and it was on, um, it was a, basically like a big brother situation okay and there's a zombie apocalypse that happens mm -hmm. during when they're doing a big brother thing which i've never actually watched that show like that reality show oh yeah so, you know, me the, the, but i know the concept the concept yeah so but it had people who apparently were like hosts of the show like real life people who mm -hmm. were like very in in england it's like super huge uh, or in the uk and um so they actually took part in the mini in the bbc like four part series of this zombies taking over the set and it was like a, a so like they had happening. participants that didn't know it was fictional or no, that was like, all actors it was all actors but it was people who were actually hosts of the actual show in real life okay. participating and like yeah. getting zombified themselves and nice. like really like all like leaning in so yeah. it was really kind of fun to, to see I that, like that so, title dead set yeah, that's dead set. a little punny um so I'm really bummed I don't have any more. I mm -hmm. loved it so much, but um, but like resumes in it and like different people really that I, like love. Okay, um, but it's like super hard to find. So yeah, I don't know. I'll maybe I'll have to order it in German one day <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> myself. But um, 
Yeah, just one of those little like diamonds in the rough you're always looking for as yeah. a horror genre. Well, and lover. also it's reflective of like what what we ex- our expectations in terms of availability of media these days. Where it's like, what do you what do you mean I I can't watch this? Like, there's there's no way there's no way for me to get this. It has to exist somewhere, and it's like, nope. Sometimes it actually doesn't. Yeah, like I mean, we have to kind of go back to our going to blockbuster days and all yeah. remember all the. You look behind the little movie box and it's mm-hmm. gone. Oh my god! And you're like, when is it supposed to be returned? And you're like, oh, it's it's never been lost for three months. And you're like, oh <laughs> shit, my neighbor has it. Oh my gosh, oh, I'm never going like, to watch I, that this. It wasn't even on eBay. I was like, I bet you somebody's oh. selling it for like 150 bucks on eBay because it's not available anymore. Because that's lots of times on Amazon. You know, when it's not when they're not pr- producing the DVDs anymore, there's used options that you can that you can buy. Yeah, there's people selling used copies, and sure. there wasn't even anything like that. And I'm like, yeah, what is? What is it about what this is about movie? This movie? I'm so intrigued. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, maybe one day, yeah, maybe I'll find it dubbed somewhere. But I guess the only remaining thing would be Parent Corner for the original Children of the Corn, the 1984. I mean, it's harmless. Oh, my kids could for sure see this. They just would probably think it's boring. They think, yeah, and it's it's and it's dated. lame, especially like I would say the first half has the potential to creep out a younger kid. Um, once the they start introducing the graphics, is like I said, that's when I lost Grace. She's like, all right, I'm out of here, um, because then it's like there's no way for it to be scary after the the, the, the bad them. 80s Holy. graphics um, yeah. get added. Um, but there's there's nothing there's nothing inappropriate. There's um, I mean there's a a little bit of blood with some of the attacks, like when they're killing the parents in the initial scene at the very beginning. Yeah, they do like some throats. Yeah, but there's also a lot of cutaway, a lot of like showing the weapons. It's like extreme close-ups of like this or that. So it's not what I would describe as really graphic or brutal. There's just a little, I mean, it's obviously representing violence. It's just not showing it in the way that some movies do. Yeah, implied. Not like crazy yeah so so it actually might not be a bad one for a um a a newbie a newbie yeah horror genre especially like if the end takes you out of the creepiness then that might be just what your kid needs so that they can go to bed that night (laughs) yeah so he he wouldn't have to be worried that isaac is going to get them be like nope Although I, I, Zombie Isaac, well, that's the thing. Zombie Isaac was supposed to be way scarier. He was supposed to be skeletal and like way more like destroyed and falling apart. But they didn't have the the makeup his budget. His hair was just a little bit unkempt. a little tousled, and he had like one cut on his cheek. And, and then they like, put a bunch of gray face paint on him. Yeah, he's like, oh, he wants you too. He wants you too, Malachi. And you're like, I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> wow, he wants me. He wants Holy me. Crap. <laughs> Did you say Meredith? I think you said Meredith. Uh, that's how 1993 Meredith felt. Yeah. <laughs> horrified and scared. Yeah. Um, well, good talk. Sorry again that I'm all hacking away, but I'll have my trusty engineer. I don't know. Like, a, right? I don't know if he'll be able to cut those out without without the conversation then not making sense. Well, it's like, blah, blah, blah. We'll see. Sorry. <laughs> we'll see. I think we should just let people listen to your coughs. I know. Oh, it's so gross. They're charming. Uh, nope. No one, <laughs> nobody thinks that. But um, so we are going to talk about next time another. It's not secluded, but it's definitely kind of like a, mm. a little isolated. It's a on little Long isolated. Island, so that's yeah. pretty, you know, populated, right? I mean, uh, now. 
now? I don't know. About but back, back in, then. what, 1979? So it's um, a little haunted have you said house. The, have you said the title yet? No. Oh. I'm, I'm waiting for my listeners. My listener. Oh, there you go, titillating to, them to again. <laughs> Amityville. 1979. I read the book mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I had a clipping of it, of uh, a newspaper ad where it was for sale in the book. Nice. I found it at Half Price Books. It was really cool. Yeah. And then I lost it because that's what you do when you're 12. You just lose stuff. You sure do. <laughs> but uh, watch it if you had it, haven't. It's the original one, of course, not the remake. But we could talk about the remake. I will be as talking well. about the remake because yeah. I'm a big fan of the remake. I think it was 2003. That's probably why it's the 2000s. It was right, the early, hot ass Ryan Reynolds in yes. the remake. Yeah, the um, early 2000s. They, it's like when they did remakes, they took it seriously. Yeah, and they, they tried to like honor the source material and yes, do a good absolutely. Job. So that's why I think probably we like them so much. And yeah, it's not. It, was, it, it didn't feel like a cash I mean, grab. Like, yeah, like you I mean, like I'm sure say. it probably was, but like. But you it know. was they invested more in it. It yeah. wasn't a lazy cash grab. Exactly. So. Yeah. So yeah, this yeah. is the the originals from 1979 with Margot Kidder and uh, Margot James Brolin. Kidder, I love her. Yes. Um. And uh. Also, if you you know really want to look into it, like because we know this is based on a quote unquote true story, but actual real life events. Um. I know there's a fantastic My Favorite Murder episode on yes. um the the source of this that of the, of the events that mm-hmm. the um that the book was based on yes. and then obviously Vincent then the movie D'Onofrio, came after the book. I think is no no D'Onofrio I'm tripping that's an actor yes <laughs> um scratch everything I just said oh you mean the the kid that actually committed the murders yeah I'm saying um, somebody who's not even involved um he'll, he'll be mad he'll be writing me yeah like, I never killed my parents how dare you <laughs> yeah no so we're, we'll DeFeo, talk DeFeo that's, it. Yes, that's, that's what it is it. he's DeFeo and it was and... Ronnie Ronnie DeFeo yes, yes, um, yes DeFeo. so we'll we'll I'm sure we'll talk about the um the real life events the book the original I'll definitely talk about the remake so if you've got time yeah um and, and you want to um, dabble into any of that yes there's the book and then also last podcast of the left I know you're not a fan yeah but they talk Sure, they did a great job. Oh my gosh, it was a several part series about the hunting and what happened, and it was it was very well done. Mm-hmm. We we're just talking about the movie, and we'll dive a little bit into the source material, but yeah, yeah it'll be interesting. So, so check it out. Any of that. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.